Greetings and salutations to our fine podcast audience. We are back, Ed Nathan. Back. Yep. Hello. I'm feeling, Hi. I didn't mention this last week, but uh, I'm I'm feeling much closer to you fellows. Yep, at the table. We're and back at one table. Not oh, metaphorically. No. no. I, I feel no, much metaphorically closer. Metaphorically feels less close to us. <laughs> <laughs> the f- more physically close, it's a... Uh, I'm feeling repulsed, actually. Yeah, exactly. So, but yeah, it's it's good good to be here. Good, good to be, be here. We all table. survived the fireworks on 4th of July. Oh, yeah. Mm. Stop trying to... <laughs> Stop trying to make people think that we're filming this at the time. We haven't fooled anyone. All right. I don't think so. I don't know. What day is. You don't know that we haven't fooled L- Lord anyone. Lord knows something's going to happen on Fourth of July that then you talk about that. There's going to be some horrific tornado that comes through on the Fourth of July. Boy, that was a wonderful day. Oh I was about to say, it's like <laughs> you're trying to just put this, and now it seems horrible that we're saying all these things about how great the Fourth of July was. Oh, man, man, what about it? <laughs> that national tragedy that happened. Mm. You you did preach on America. On maybe I did. Uh, maybe, he, maybe, 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 maybe he's maybe, not here anymore. Maybe, maybe he got I in did. a bus crash. If you lived that long. Yeah. So, okay. It may, this may actually air as Jason saying, you did preach on. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to edit that out. We'll just have a version of the podcast that always starts with, if you see this podcast, that means I'm dead. <laughs> That's great. Okay, so last week on Headlines, we talked about uh, the dude who could have been Jonah in the whale. I'm just laughing at your reaction where you go, that's great. It isn't great. <laughs> and, he, and I knew by his tone, he didn't think it was great. He yeah. wanted us to stop. I'm moving on. You know me too well, Ed. <laughs> So this week, uh, I have a headline, and uh, it, it ties into our current moment. Our current moment Our before current the Fourth of July. Not before the Fourth of July. Um, I hear, and I well, I know because people tell me that the housing market is really hot right now in Coweta County for sure. Yeah, it might really have crashed hot. by the fourth. Maybe <laughs> it did. Could be what happened. So we hope it stays hot. But yeah. uh, there's a. This was a story that ties into the hot housing there a market bird involved? in our county or just in the world. Uh, let's see. Where th- this takes the place? World. This takes place in Colorado Springs. This this that's hi- not this our story. county. Not that's our not county. our county. Near near Denver. Okay, so the headline is urine saturated home. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, nope. hang on. No, I didn't. Even I want to see where he's no. going with this. <laughs> no, <Nope>. continue. <laughs> Urine saturated home, uh-uh. dubbed. That could be anybody's home. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. <laughs> Not mine. Maybe I, my, yours. I grew up. My dad owned some rental houses. I have been in the urine saturated. <laughs> I'm just saying. What qualifies? Got, there are things that renters do in homes that you don't want to know about. I'm just gonna say this. I got I got four young kids living in my home and they're girls. And I'll say this because I grew up in a house full of boys. I got said stuff about pets last week. People are gonna be mad about. Girls are nasty when it comes to... I have said for years, once we had a church building, I learned women's bathrooms are the nastiest place on they destroy them this this uh this cannot be edited out stop (laughs) destroying the women's bathroom i'm just trying to stop you man (laughs) you're going headlong into bad territory i live with women be careful okay i'm asking them be careful i do want to know well you finish your headline and then i want to talk about percentages commodes should not be flushed with your feet what (laughs) What counts? This is, this is craziness. It is. This will be the last headline. 
So, okay, this home, which is apparently saturated in urine, is dubbed Little Slice of Hell, listed for, and they give us the price. You okay. want to guess how much this house... Oh, I do. Okay, Colorado Springs, though. Yeah. So it's going to be higher than Coweta County. It is going to be higher. Maybe, maybe. Oh, well, yeah, that's true. Well, and uh, elevation. Yeah, Elevation as well. In all, all things. Right. I'm going to guess a urine-saturated home... In Colorado Springs, would go for. Does it have a marijuana? Two, I'm gonna say over not? a million. I'm mm. gonna say over a million. I'm not sure where the neighborhood is, but it's not one of those kind of neighborhoods. Oh. Oh. <clears throat> oh. Okay. Seven hundred and fifty. <laughs> Seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Mm, you're still. We're playing the Pisces, okay. right? I'm taking. He's over. I bet a dollar. I win the urine saturated home. He does. <laughs> you would be the high bidder. Okay. Um, Five hundred ninety thousand dollars. Well, okay. It was half good. a million. Give or take. It's a five-bedroom, four-bathroom, dilapidated Colorado Springs home with spray-painted sayings all over the, the house, uh, things that I can't repeat on this podcast. Okay. Feces, you could say you're in saturated home, but yeah, you can't. <laughs> Feces stuffed in the drawers. Um, it also features a... Uh, a um, Those are not the features. No. <laughs> It, here's the description. Okay, I just wanted to make clear. Here's the description. It's it's it. The the real estate agent has left the home as is because houses sell so well. Because the real estate agent is smart enough not to go in there. That's they smell the urine. Does and that they go, uh-uh. does that say that because houses sell so well? She's she's. I think I think what I what I gathered from this story is basically this house is in such bad shape. They're gonna set it on fire. She's just <laughs> she's just throwing it out there. This this real estate agent has five hundred seventy thousand dollars for five hundred ninety thousand dollars. Ninety thousand. Sorry. Here's her description. As you enter, there are soaring ceilings and an open floor plan with a second floor overlook. <laughs> You will notice there's not one surface of the home that has not been enhanced with black spray paint or a swinging hammer. Oh, my God. But don't let that slow you down. It's not nearly as daunting as the freezer in the basement that's full of meat and hasn't had electricity for over a year. Uh. Be sure to wear your mask. Do not go on the back deck. It is not necessarily attached to the house. And do not open the freezer in the basement. There's an actual YouTube video that you can go and watch, and she'll lead you through this virtual tour of this house. I did think urine saturated was the worst. Meat meat freezer? For a year. That's the worst. For a year, yeah. And then at the very end of the story, the person who had this house had cats, but tragically moved out, left two of them in the bathroom, and it appears they've been there for quite some time. And I'm the monster because I don't want to have pets. See there? See what she did to that I'm just house? saying. She did not love those Apparently, pets. the person who owned this house moved out, and then some relative moved in and started taking over, and they just really trashed the place. And uh, so the real estate agent is just going to sell it as is. This, who would this buy started that? as a. Fu- I like the headline better than the story. This just makes me sad. It this is whole sad. This whole story just gets sadder and sad. Let's go back to urine saturated for a moment. Okay. What percentage of saturation before I can deem it like is a because to me any percent of saturation is a urine saturated home. Yeah, yeah. you've got twenty five percent, but the moment you can smell it when you open the door, that's high enough. That's saturated. I'm done with that. That's high that's saturated. Yeah, I have been in those. I've been I'm, in those. I just back to the pets, pet homes that people don't realize. Sure. Yeah, and then you open the door and you go, oh, 
Look, you have a cat. Well, you know, that hadn't oh, even occurred oh, to oh, me. Oh, there's a dog there. around here somewhere. I, I know immediately. Was, I assumed it was human urine, but now that you're saying those cats have been there forever. That's probably the, the saturation. Yeah, it seems like she just moved out, left the cats in the house, and the cats just sort of had their way. You with guys are just being too high on humans. I have <laughs> been the guy responsible to clean out renter, rental property uh-huh. after renters have been there. Sure. You would not be believe the depth people will go. I'm sure. I'm sure. sure. That's sad. That is sad. This whole That's thing sad. is just Not only sad. did I not pay you rent for two months, <laughs> I am going to destroy Here's the thing. Out of all the things that were wrong with this house, I wonder why the writer of this story chose to describe it just simply as urine saturated. Because it... There's lots more going they on They were here. trying to get on this podcast. Oh, yeah. that's what <laughs> They're looking for it. Because that's them, what everybody's doing. Them and George they Lucas. A, they wanted a good headline. Hey, George. Yeah. So. You're going to have to watch these two episodes back to back because otherwise none of these things are going to make any that's sense. That's right. Last week on the podcast. On the podcast. So. George Lucas was here. I would mm. like that. Joel, could you start doing nope. some like. He cannot. In comic nope, books, for, as a comic not. book, Mm-mm. they put little asterisks <laughs> down at the bottom Mm-mm. when somebody references something that oh. happened on a previous Hyperlink. issue, mm. and you put a little just asterisk at the bottom and said, George Lucas mentioned in episode 74, at timestamp or whatever, and then they can, they can mm-hmm. go back to it. Okay. And then I'll just put like cool Stan Lee quotes in there. So, <laughs> I'd be cool with that. Joel's working on it. Joel, Joel shook his head yes. Stan Lee, he's you can come and make an appearance on our. He's not going to do. Stan Lee is dead. I, so this, but but he could. I don't. That's not, he, I want to say I don't want Stan he, Lee to make a buck. Could no, stop it, stop it. Okay, <sighs> this thing's getting off the rails. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring this back. Uh, we got two questions today. We're gonna answer. Deep theological question. Good. So get your theological hat. I don't want to blame Jason. Jason keeps saying we took it off the rail. He brought a headline How in and said urine saturated. What home. did you think was going to happen, sir? You brought it to us. What? An did hour and a half into filming happen. podcasts, and you thought it was going to just be a smooth train ride. I know. Okay. Let's. Get, let's I do know that. I'm gonna get myself back. In All there. right. And so deep. You ready for deep theological oh, yeah. questions? Always. And yeah. probably personal. Uh, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> Someone, I'm saying someone asked it for a reason. Oh, okay, now I got what you're We don't saying. know. I just got the image. Nathan sitting in his typewriter. Let's ask this to me. <laughs> yes. All right. First question, short and sweet. Okay. Here we go. Ready? Not our response. <laughs> no, no, we're going to talk a long time okay. about this one, I'm sure. Question, can you ever lose your salvation? Now, this is a big theological debate it in is. a lot of churches from what I understand. In fact, I will say this. When I went to Bible college when I was a young guy and trained to be a minister, um, this was the big theological argument. You were presented with an answer. Oh, of course I was. (laughs) But there were some guys that lived right next door to me, and they loved to argue this question because it was like the thing for them. They were on opposing sides, or someone was just playing dev? They disagreed with my— that I had a— a theological position on that when I was in high in uh, in college, and they did and too. They had one as well. Our views did not match whatsoever, and so they loved to argue with me mm-hmm. and bring me. They bring Bible verses and want to argue this, and then I would of course go and find my Bible verses, and I would bring my Bible verses, and I would argue with them. And somewhere along the way, I, I kind of realized that this question ain't worth arguing about. No. Um, not that it's not an important question, and I don't take away from anybody who asked this because I'm sure you had a very serious reason to ask the question. But at the end of the day, um, I'm not sure that uh, the answer 
wherever you come down on this question has a I think we all end up in the same place usually yeah I would want to know why the person wants to know because it is often personal Mm -hmm. often not about themselves personally but about somebody they care about personally yes they want to or maybe it's just off the top if it's just we want to talk about something theoretical it's not interesting to me honestly to talk about because I just don't know what practical benefit it has mm-hmm. to, and anyway, I think it. I think can it, you lose a relationship? That's how I generally. Yeah. When somebody says to me, "Is it possible for you to, to lose your salvation?" I go, "Well, we continually tell people that what what got what Jesus offered was a relationship with God through Him. Mm-hmm. Can you lose a relationship? Hmm. Most of us have, yeah, at some point in our life. Most yeah. of us, if we're honest, there are relationships we had." And we no longer have them. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And I think what it, for me what it comes down to is when people most often have asked me this question, they want to know, okay, here, and it's either a hypothetical or a real situation. Here's a person who at one time in their life professed faith in Jesus and, you know, a relationship with God. And at some point something changed or they changed their mind and now they say, no, I don't have a relationship with God. I maybe even don't believe in God any longer. I'm, you know, I, I'm, I've lost my faith. Therefore, I've, I'm not a Christian anymore. And, I, and then they would look at that person and say, okay, that person currently doesn't profess faith. And so what happened? Did they never have faith in the beginning? Was it not a genuine faith? And it changed to from faith to non-faith, or, um, or, or I just confused my yeah, metaphors. Yeah, yeah. Did they never have faith at all, and now we just find out? Or did they genuinely have faith, and then something happened, and now they don't? And somehow God just said, okay, now you're done, and I cut them off. Which one is it? And the way I always look at that is I say, well, whether they had a genuine faith or not in the beginning, we know where they are now. And... That really is what matters, isn't it? Well, because everything else is speculation for me. Yeah. If I go, if I go to, they never really had it. Well, they told me they had it. They're also now telling me they don't. So I'm either speculating they're lying here or they're lying here. Yeah. But both of them are speculation on my yeah. part. I either have to say this was real and this is real, or neither of them were real. Exactly. Well, and I think, and and I think this what. Y- you kind of hit on with the the comment about relationship, but I want to underline it just so that people get clear. It depends on what you mean by salvation. And I have this conversation a lot. If what you mean by salvation is ticket to heaven when I, and I know that's very reductive, so I don't mean to be, but intentionally a little reductive of if what you mean is I won't have to go to hell when I die. Hmm. Here's what I'll say. Jesus didn't seem very interested in answering that question. When Jesus talked about salvation and eternal life, he talked about a relationship with God. Jesus said eternal life, which most people will use interchangeably with salvation, Mm -hmm. is knowing God and knowing Jesus Christ whom you have sent, knowing who the Father has sent. And so, if what I want is God, there is nothing that can hold me back from getting to God. God has taken care of anything that could ever keep me away from God if I want God. If I don't want God, there is nothing that can make 
God override me want to He God. has determined he will not override that choice. Yes, that's right. He has done many things to limit himself so that he does not overpower our choice. Mm-hmm. And, that, and so yeah. when Jesus talks about that no one's going to pluck you from my hand and no one's no one's going to no one can take this away from you, what he means is if what you want most mm-hmm. is to be with God then no situation in life. So that's what I was going to say about the relationship side. I have relationships that, from my point of view, are always available. I have not ever cut that person off. I've never, in my mind, if they came to, if they came and wanted, say, Ed, hey, let's go out and have something to eat. I would be willing to pick back up with that relationship. I didn't say, hey, get away from me. I don't want anything to do with you. You've done too much. I haven't had that relationship. Mm -hmm. But there have been people in my life, and maybe for good reasons, have decided they don't want relationship with me. So I always say to people, if you're asking me, will God ever decide Mm. he doesn't want a relationship with me? No. Mm -hmm. God is net. God... God has gone to the greatest lengths to prove to you he will go as far as is necessary to have a relationship with you. Yes. Can you ever get to the point that you want to? Yes, because if you could choose to do it, you can choose not to do it. So the, in my opinion, the only consistent, those are the two consistent. I can choose to have a relationship with God, therefore I can re- choose not to. Or I can do what Calvinist and predestination people do of, I didn't get any choice about whether I wanted to follow God or not. He made that happen, and he made it happen that other people didn't. Therefore, I don't get a choice to ever not follow God. Mm. Those are both consistent. But saying, I got a choice to follow, and once I followed, I can't ever unfollow? Man, that's inconsistent. That doesn't... Flow. God used to give me a choice, but once he loved me, he goes, no, sir, all of that, you're now a slave. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think it fits into so the, the, the example of a relationship. That's, what, that's why we, and we really have been hitting on this idea of, that Paul presents in 2 Corinthians of God reconciling. That at the cross, God reconciled all things back to himself. And that reconciliation, is it's this idea of two people Thing, a relationship that's broken getting put back together. And like you said, there have been times in relational worlds, and this is where many of us end up, and I have people in my life that this has been the, the, the nature of the relationship. I would say you don't want relationship with— I want relationship with me, but your unwillingness to behave in a way that is loving and consistent means you don't want relationship with me. And they would say, no, I do want relationship with you. You just got to do it the way I want you to do it and act the way I want you to act. Well, that's not how relationships work. And so what we often do to God is say, I do want a relationship with God. I just want to keep behaving and, and living however I want to and basically not really have relationship. And what God says is you have to repent. Repentance is a, is a part of it. And in, in every category of the salvation, everyone agrees repentance is part because Jesus commanded it. The apostles say repent and, and believe that repentance is I turn from my old way of life. I turn my feet back. doesn't mean I do it perfectly. Everyone still has mistakes in relationships, but my goal is the relationship with this person. And so 
in the conversation of can you lose your salvation, if the question is, am I going to make too many mistakes, you know, is there some limit? No, that never happens. But can I choose to say, I want heaven, I just don't really want you, so I'm going to go do whatever I want to do, and then, uh, you know, at some point you got to take me back, whatever. I, I think re- human relationship shows us the way that that part works. And as you said, God is always leaving the door open. Well, whenever I- you want to turn you can turn. And I would say to people that say to me, well, that is what I want. I want to go to heaven and live like I want to, and I want God to accept me. My response to be with them is, it might be possible that you could do that because at the end of your life, you might be able to genuinely turn to God, Sure. but you are making a huge, huge wager that what I have seen in myself and others, that you are building a character. And sometimes we build a character that gets so prideful, I can't, I can't choose it. I yes. can't choose it. I have put myself in a box that it will make it so difficult for me to rewrite 50 years of choosing to do things my way that at the end of my life, if I think in that last moment I'm going to choose something different, you're making a huge wager. It might happen. Boy, you're making a huge choice. Do I think God would accept you at the end? I do. God's because always I think, ready. I, I do think that. But let's be clear. We've said this on this podcast before. Um, heaven... And I, and I know that's a loose term, but, yeah. but the new the new creation that we were made for and God is leading us to is not an existence where you get everything you no. want. Oh. And, and Huge. You know what I'm saying? Huge. No. It is an existence where God gets, gets everything, everything he wants. Yes. And so for you to say, I want to do whatever I want and go to heaven, you've just contradicted yeah, yourself. Yeah, that's right. Well, and Because I don't want what God wants. Well, heaven's going to be a place where... God You're going to be every, miserable. God gets everything he wants. He does. And this goes to what you just said, and it's, it's, I just want to make clear, I'm not contradicting, I'm making a slight. It could, what I want is to become the kind of person that what God wants is what I want. Yeah. But as you've said, and this is the part I think we miss, our wanters get broken. Are, they are broken. They are yeah, broken. They what are I mean broken. is your point about your character forming, I think this is huge. Jesus is in the character formation business, and we miss mm-hmm. that so much mm-hmm. that Jesus will take us no matter how broken we are, how flawed we are. But, man, he wishes he could get us at a point where he could form our character. That is, I mean, that's so true. He will take yeah. you whenever. But you and ultimately, I can become the kind of person, and we see this, and I don't want to ra- – well, maybe I'll raise more questions for people. There's parts where you hear that – that people's hearts get hardened. It's what he's talking about here of your character gets formed. And and you see this, if you've ever had anyone who's been addicted to anything in their life, they, they may even say, and I've been addicted in my life. And there are times I would say, I want to be done with this. The truth is I don't want yeah. to be done with it. Not in that moment. Until my in, intentions matter way more than one. Well, and when I put myself in a position where I say, I want you to... I want to become the kind of person who wants to be done with this. Mm-hmm. I currently don't because everything in me, in my character, in my body, in all of that wants this. And the same is true with sin and being. I've, I've, yeah. I, because of the, you know, every generation has its. The generation that was just before me, my parents' generation, particularly, there were a lot of men that couldn't, they couldn't say they loved their children out loud. They, those words were very, very difficult. I have seen, and this is what I mean by this, I've watched a lot of men who couldn't express their feelings to their children genuinely 
were attached to their children. They couldn't say the words that needed to be said. And near the end of their lives, they want so badly to say those words. They've told me they Mm -hmm. want to say the words. And even though it's the last choice of their life and they know they're not going to have a moment, they cannot choose to say the words. Mm, that's good. They have built their life in such a way it it almost is impossible for them to do it. And I'm praying for them. They want it to happen. They want, it to, they want to say it. And, you know, I've had to be the one to say to kids, you know, your dad really did love you. He right. told me so much. He was so proud about you. He just couldn't bring himself to say it. That's what I'm meaning. We are, every day we are building a character. Mm. Yes. And eventually your character does determine what you can and can't do. And Mm -hmm. what you want. Because it's what what you you want. want. It's what, yeah, you can't, you can't even, you want to want something. And I think all of us have experienced that. And that was such a, a good example. And in our relationship with God, that there are times I've had to say to myself, I want to want what God wants me to want. But I don't. That's a lot of wants. I want to want what God wants me to want, but I don't. I really enjoy what I'm doing right now. And what I want God to do is to not only forgive what I'm doing, but bless what I'm doing. Make what I'm doing succeed, even though it's not what he wants me to do. Well, and what I've had people, and I I have wanted this at times. I feel bad about what I did. In the moment, I really wanted to do the thing that I did. I feel bad about it afterwards. And what I want God to do is magically make me not want it. Right. I want a miracle to happen. But because of God's nature, he's already decided he's going to give us the freedom to choose. Mm -hmm. And as I'm choosing, I am building and I'm narrowing my choices. I am every choice is narrowing my choice. Yeah. So I think it's real important back to sort of clearing the deck and back to the original question mm-hmm. it i think what we i think it's real important that whenever you approach this question that whatever you do wherever you come down on that issue that you're not impugning the nature of god yes um you know a lot of people who have asked me this question can you lose your salvation uh, often will paint god as this you know he's like he sold you something but if you don't if you don't do your part, he's going to snatch it back. Sure. And that's certainly not a, no. a, a picture of God that we want. Um, but we also don't want a picture of God of this, you know, that for some reason that a person walking around with, you know, what looks like genuine faith, well, we're not so sure. It's all suspect. That's and right. We don't know if God's really, right. you know, Jesus said, you're going to know by your fruit. Just watch him and yeah, you'll see. That's right. And you'll know and you'll know the truth. And in the end, I got this. I'm going to do what's right anyway. I just think it's real important for us not to lean into whatever answer you want to lean into about this question, mm-hmm. that, an answer that impugns the nature of God as the loving Father. That well, and that first thing you painted about God, what I would say to the person, the idea that you have that God is selling you something yes. that is something you now well, yeah. you own it. And you it sounds it. like I paid for it, but right. I, I didn't, didn't I didn't pay for it. You didn't. Mm-hmm. He, right. he gave me something, mm-hmm. and I can decide not to hold on to a gift. Lots of us have done bad things with gifts that have been given to us. And something we also said in this discussion that made me think, and I don't remember who said this. could have been Dallas Willard. I don't remember. Yeah. But um, this whole idea of salvation and what it is, and we often get the idea that salvation is about getting me into heaven, but it's actually the opposite. Mm-hmm. It's about getting heaven into me. Yeah. Yep. And if that process is taking place, 
then I become that person that wants what God wants, and therefore heaven becomes heaven to me. That's right. So that's great. That's where that's where you come. So I, again, I don't I don't know if that helped the person who asked the question because it's it's one of those questions that you can't just give a no. <laughs> it's not a yes no right wrong answer to that, but uh, just to be be clear, let's be careful that we put God in His proper place in his nature uh, when we answer that. Okay, next question, and this refers back to a discussion we had um, well, when they asked it. It had just aired, uh, but this now will be a couple of weeks ago uh, where we talked on the podcast about uh, attraction and uh, sinful lust and actions that we, uh, we take part in because of the sinful lust that we have. And so here was the question. It said, you said in that podcast that uh, a certain type of attraction is okay, but your actions based upon those attractions outside of a heterosexual marriage is what winds up being a sin. So where does the line for lust come in between the thoughts that you have based on that attraction and then sinful lust? I guess what they're asking is, how do you know where you cross a line? Well, but here's what I would say, and I know (laughs) we were talking originally about homosexuality, lesbianism, mm-hmm. the, those kind of things. Lust is, is separate from all of that. Lust is a thing. Any attraction that... So, yes... Attraction is a temptation. Yes, so, that's so exactly right. right. That's exactly right. Yeah. So it's a separate category from what I do physically. Exactly. Even though Jesus uses the says, if you've lusted after one in heart, you've already committed adultery... Jesus doesn't literally believe <laughs> that you have committed adultery. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? He's yeah. not saying the moment a man or a woman who is married thinks about having sex with another person, boy, their marriage is blown up. Yeah. He does not, he does not believe that. Mm-hmm. That is not what he's saying. He's saying the consequences to the person of taking the body of another person and I say all they are to me is a sexual function. Hmm. They are to be used for my sexual gratification. So I will turn them over in my mind, and I will use them as I would use anything else. It doesn't hurt that person at all. It does huge damage to me because I've taken something that is a few, full human. An image bearer. Yeah, an image bearer of God, and, and I've reduced them for my gratification Mm. so it doesn't really matter what the attraction is that's the problem yeah it's the same thing when he goes and says if you've if you yell this word at a person it's like murdering them Mm -hmm. well he doesn't literally think it's the same as you killing a person because the if i just yell at them they're still Mm -hmm. alive but when Mm -hmm. i kill a person they are dead jesus is aware of how that works But the damage that gets done in me by allowing anger to brew in me that I can just spew at people and act like it doesn't matter. It may not matter to the car that's driving by that they ever know what I said. Mm -hmm. My heart is formed in a certain way that does Mm -hmm. the same damage to me that leads to that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. That's good. Yeah, I think ultimately when when you try to figure out what the the line is between attraction and lust, I think... um, it, it, it's about your intentions, and so um, attraction's not wrong in any way. And I think that's I think that's just important to even get into. Attraction means that I am I am drawn towards something. So 
I can be attracted to, I mean, once again, I, I get that in sexual it's different, but I can be attracted to certain flowers that I look at a flower and go, wow, I'm drawn to that for some reason. There's something I find beautiful. There's something I find captivating. Certain of us are attracted to certain kinds of music or other. There's something that pulls me towards that. And it's not wrong that whether I'm married or non-married that I would walk past another person and go, wow, that person is gorgeous. Or even to notice certain aspects of that person, certain body parts of that person, to notice that and find it attractive. The intention, and I think once again, Dallas would say it's, the, it's not the look that's a problem, it's the second look. Mm-hmm. That when I walk by and I, and I just look, my, 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 my eyes are going to see things. Because that's what Jesus gets to and he goes, well, if the problem is your eyes, gouge them out. Mm-hmm. Which Jesus isn't saying, no. go and gouge out your that's eyes. Right. He's not. saying the problem is not what you see. It's not, be careful little eyes, what you see. Mm-hmm. It ultimately is the intention <laughs> behind the, the look. It's when I walk past and I go, wow, that's a beautiful woman you know, mm-hmm. and then I and then I look, and I have an intention, well, as you've said, to use them as an object. I was going to say, that's the moment that you violate the image of God in right. them. That's right. And that, if there is a line, <laughs> I hate those words, yes. but that's where, you, that's where it gets crossed. Yeah, once I take it, this person, in my mind, goes from a, a full person who they can say yes or no. Very few people are lusting after anybody that they don't ultimately control in their mind. Sure that they don't get to write the story the way they want to write it's it. It's the only way it can work. That's right. <laughs> and so I have now taken and I've turned something that God intended to be a full image bearer, fully capable of deciding how to interact with me, all of those things, and I've turned them into object. What the attraction is, whether it's male to male, male to female, female to female, whatever that is, that's not the issue. Yes. The issue is what is happening in me. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's the, it's the intention, you know, and it's the intention to live in the world. And I'm, I'm, a t- I'm take away for lust for a moment. We'll come back to it. It's the intention to live in the world in the order God intended things to live. We were talking about pets in the last episode. People are upset, may have gotten upset about that. But there is a way in which God designed the world and human beings to function within that world. And to, to function God's way is to flourish God's way. And what Jesus is getting to, and I heard someone recently preach on these verses and what they said, and I think this is absolutely huge. And I, for, for much of my life, I've been teaching young people about this. And this is the way I've said it is, your imagination is just as real as what happens in the world. And we don't think of it that way. That when I choose to imagine something in my mind, Jesus says, that is real, and it holds weight. And not just to you, but to the way you interact with people. That when I choose to see human beings as objects to be used for my pleasure, that is going to change how I not only interact to whether I ever interact with that woman or not. It's going to change how I interact with my spouse, how I interact with people at my workplace. It's going to, in non-sexual ways, affect how I interact with other people in my life. Because, And with anger, it's the same thing. They're not necessarily objects to be used. They're obstacles to be overcome. This person, people are just frustrations. When we say things like, life would be great if I didn't have to deal with people, that isn't, and I know it's a joke, it is an un-Christ-like way to view the world to say that people are problems to me living a good life. And Jesus is saying that imagination because it is our imagination where we interact with God. It is in that imaginative space of who we are in that soul. And if I have corrupted that with anger and lust and deception and greed, 
it becomes, as you were just talking about with character, it becomes more difficult, not from God's point of view, from my point of view to interact with God. Mm-hmm. And it violates the law of love, which yes. is what it all totally comes down to. Down to so that's, you know, again, person wants to know about the line. <laughs> again, I don't like that terminology because I think anytime you ask a question based on, okay, what, where does the line, where is the line where I cross from not sin to sin? Um, I think that's always a problematic question. You're probably already in there already. Yeah, yeah. I, I think what is a better way to approach life is not to say, okay, God, show me the line so that I can get right close to it and not, not tick you off and sin, but to say, like you said, you know, what, what is best for human flourishing? What is, what is the law? What does love require of me to do? Mm-hmm. And I think if you ask that question, then you, the line doesn't matter. No. Um, so, I, uh, yeah, I, I get why that's an important question for you to ask, but I, I, I would just say, you know, maybe lean the other direction a, a little bit and ask the other question. It, it might be better for you. Well, and I, 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 want, I, so I just want to encourage you to try something in this, whoever is asking this question, because I believe that this is a genuine question. This oh, has been, too. for most of, most of my life, yeah, this too. has been the one, if not the chief, I've now learned it's not the chief struggle. I would have said my whole life, this is the chief struggle. I got lots of other problems that led to this, but this has been a presenting problem in my life. Well, it's, in our current culture, sexuality is the thing that gets presented to all of us. Mm -hmm. It's a big deal. Mm -hmm. It it is the deal in Mm -hmm. our world. And so it begins to feel like it's the issue for most of us. There are often really bigger issues for almost all of us. And so I was just having this conversation a couple days ago um, with some other disciples of Jesus from some of our discipleship communities. And we were having a conversation specifically about lust. And what I said was I have spent most of my life, the advice I was given most of my life is, um, when you see uh, an attractive woman or a skimpily dressed woman, is to bounce your eyes. Mm-hmm. You bounce your eyes. Yep. You see it, you move on. And I said, that has been a failure for me my entire <laughs> life. And, the re- and what I said was the reason why was, and this other person who grew up like I did, I grew up in what's often referred to as kind of purity culture. We had a lot yep. of purity culture stuff, which was the worst possible thing you could do was think of a woman sexually to, to do anything. And so what ends up happening is it puts – Honestly, still a wrong emphasis. Even though pure, God desires us to be pure, it puts this emphasis on it that doesn't end up being very helpful. That's right. And what we said was, the conversation we had is, when I say the problem is me even looking at a woman, Jesus never said the problem is looking at a no, woman. Right. And once again, Jesus was talking in a period of time where most you could see a woman was like maybe here or a little bit more, <laughs> yeah. not much at all. They're incredibly modest. And he's saying lust is still the problem. It's the intention. So this is what I said I've been doing. I go to the gym every day. And so, as you can imagine, that it is ve- it's very difficult sometimes to even exist at the gym and lust not to be a problem. And so what I've said I do is if I notice something that, that stirs up that kind of attraction in me, I, I do bounce my eyes. But the first thing I do is I go, I now pray for that person as an image bearer of God. I say, God, I know that that woman has hopes and dreams and I know she matters to you. She is not my possession. That's right. Help her have a wonderful day today. And I'm telling you, because as you talk about love, mm-hmm. what it does is it, 
What I'm still doing when I say I'm just going to bounce my eyes, I'm not going to think about it. I'm not going to think about it. What I'm saying is that woman's still an object. I just It needs to be an object I need to avoid, mm-hmm. not a person I should move towards in love. Mm-hmm. That there is a way that Jesus is asking us in our imaginations, can you begin to stop seeing people as objects and people to be loved? In order to do that, you have to remove this lust from your life. Mm-hmm. And so that's been one thing over the, the past while that <laughs> – I have done is if I am if I notice the attraction which isn't sinful instead of allowing it to move towards lust I go let me pray for this person because that's a woman who's made in God's image and she probably has people in her life who care about her and she doesn't belong to me she belongs to God and what you've started to do is you have now begun to love her but in addition to that you are now loving your wife that's right. Sure. Yeah. You know, you have you have you've brought love back into all of those relationships. Well, in that, and I also want to hit on that when we talk about um, the imagination is real, and, and we miss this about prayer sometimes. That prayer is also real. Yes, yeah, it, is. it is real. And I am loving that woman, yes. even though we may never speak, and we treat it like. And I heard someone say this the other day about how, and I get, I get why. I get why the phrase thoughts and prayers has been, <laughs> um, it almost means nothing. And yeah. honestly, it's a negative for many people if a tragedy happens to say, oh, thoughts and prayers. Yeah. But prayer, and this is what Jesus is inviting, it's, it's a way God shares his power with us. Mm. He allows us to get to enter in and have this relationship. It doesn't mean that whatever I pray for happens the way I want it to. But God goes, hey, I'm inviting you into a relationship where occasionally when you pray for something, our wills line up, and I go, sure, let mm-hmm. me bless what you just prayed for. And so, just as my imagination does damage to me and my relationship with that woman by, through lust, mm-hmm. my same imagination, when it's directed towards love, does bless that person's life and blesses my life. Yeah, and I just think right. that's a huge thing for mm-hmm. us to keep in mind. Yep. Yep, that's good. Yeah. Okay. All right. We are out of time. So when we're going to cut it right there. Cut it. <laughs> All right. So uh, we will be back next week, hopefully with more questions. I currently don't have any in my list. So uh, if you're listening and you want us to have questions next week, click on the link in the description, send us some more, and we will talk about them. Or if you don't, I'll be forced to bring in more headlines <laughs> that may or may not go well. So, oh. All right. So we will see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. All right. Bye-bye.